Welcome to the Nightingales. How are you both doing? Yeah, we're doing really well. Really, really yeah. well. Are you enjoying the new hair, Lizzie? Yeah, I'm loving the new hair. I could yeah. do different things every single day. It's great yeah. fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it looks good. Uh, but Thank yeah, you. No, yeah. How, much did you raise, how much did you raise for that in the end? Uh, we raised £160, I think it was, for that one. Yeah. yeah, I think it was, for £160 in total. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, pretty good. Ah, good. <laughs> um, so, uh, you yeah, know, obviously you've got the Nightingales off, and off, the, off the ground and running. So when we first spoke, it was sort of very early days, wasn't it? sort of uh, J- July sort of time. Um, yeah. And now you're sort of on the cusp of launching. When do you, when do you think the big unveiling will be? But early 2021, we're looking at uh, end of February, beginning of March. Releasing our website. Yep, yeah, to release the website. Yeah. We're currently in the beta testing stages at the moment. Yeah. So we've just sent out to some um, individuals who have given us some feedback. We're going to add... Great feedback. Yeah, great feedback. Add some little details here and there, um, some more external links, and um, then release it to the public to you guys to see yeah. what you think. It sounds like it's going to be... Big, it's a big, a big project. It will. It's very, very in depth. Um, a lot of things that you can read through, you can then click on and go to external links and find further resources and information as well. So it, yeah, it all basically spiders out, but yeah. spiders yeah. back in. It's, yeah, it's really great. Well, in preparation for the for the launch, uh, I know you've been sort of speaking to lots of people about a variety of different topics and I know that there's a few which you know you, you want to sort of speak about uh, with, with us here and so so what what sort of have you found is the general feeling with the care workers that you've been speaking to well you know so when you've been speaking is there like a consistent theme when you're speaking to people yeah they're, they're quite fed up um they're really oh. on their last legs and they're all feeling um very yeah deflated yeah completely yeah well so what do you think the biggest contributing factors of of that, ah, what, what what have they sort of said? Um, not receiving um, a thanks, mainly. Um, a lot of them, the majority of them, who are not receiving any gratitude for the work that they have done, and the ones that are receiving it are suffering long-term detrimentally through um, other wages and um, through tax credits and other benefits and things as well that they're losing through gaining a bonus. Yeah. And uh, some people, they're, they're, all they're getting is, um, I think one of the best ones I've got here, is a packet of chewing gum or a donut was one of the comments we got as a I'm, response. I mean, I I do like a donut. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, don't don't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. But like, I think I think I was. Unless we have bad breath, I certainly wouldn't want someone buying me a packet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I definitely if somebody bought me chewing gum and then uh, deodorant, I would take that as a hint. Exactly, a personal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we we posted um on Facebook about the um recent it was the London Economic that uh, shared about the NHS um offering a badge or a snack box um yeah. out to the NHS care staff workers. We received a lot of feedback um on that as well, which was very interesting. Some of the comments we got. So is this the care badge? Um, so this is from the NHS London um, Economics, and the yeah. NHS staff were offered a badge. It wasn't the care badge; it was actually a blue round plastic badge. Yeah. It was just a little um, rainbow on it, and it said "Thank you, NHS." Yeah. The little. And, um, I, th- I think these these little, these little gestures are nice, aren't they? But you know, but um, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but. But like you know, we're we're talking about. They don't really deal with the problems, do with, they? All the issues, or they don't really support us no like the issues that you're sort of addressing is sort of well actually care staff are starting to look at the uh the problems of 
a three decade underfunded industry that yeah. now uh, that cannot pay uh, it can't afford to pay a real living wage and that's a problem and that's you know and to, uh, and to be honest that's not even true that's it like a lot of places could afford to pay a, a real living wage and don't you know and churches, absolutely you know, so, yeah. so. Um, there's an interesting from the rcn.org um, i was looking at the um report there, there's a comment from Helen Wiley, so she's the director of the RCN in Wales, yeah. and she said that social care staff are working incredibly hard during the challenging time and absolutely deserve this bonus. However, this is not a long-term solution for a workforce that is constantly underpaid. We need to be looking at sustain sustainable pay, pay rise to ensure that we can recruit and retain enough staff to care for people safely and effectively in the future. Which, and was, and was, this exactly the, was this was this a minister in Wales? Was it? Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah, the director of the RCN in Wales, and um, she does want to say she's pleased that the Welsh government has announced the bonus and appreciate that it is well-meaning, but it does raise question as to why it is not being extended for other areas. For example, many unpaid carers are facing huge financial struggles and are equally as deserving of being recognised for the work they undertake during the crisis. Yeah, which I think is quite a, a clear. You know, honest statement there. Yeah, you know, we are receiving the bonus, but in the long term, what is the effect that it's going to be? I think mentally for those who receive it and then lose their benefits and um, other income, it can actually be a real strain um, on them and then having to get back on the phone and, and reorganise all of their finances during this time when a bonus should be a positive thing. It shouldn't be something that you're kind of worrying about receiving because you know on the other end of it, you're going to have to pull yourself back out of it. Especially where benefits pay a month in arrears. So for you to even receive that, you might think, great, for the following month, you'll then get it all taken back off you and more, and then you're actually left with less. Uh, is, um, that, is that the experience that the people that you've spoken to have had? Yes. Yes, yeah. Um, there was the, um, so the, the UK government, um, I found this on its website. So I've been doing a lot of research recently and I've been so, I've been I reading a lot. I can tell you've got notes, you've got notes coming out your ears, I can tell. There's everywhere here. <laughs> um, there it was, da, da, da. let's have a little look here. So the Welsh governor wrote out a letter um, to the prime minister and she requested that the um, tax is waived for the £500 bonus on the um, grant for all care workers yep. um, and Unison got on board and supported this and, and also pushed the letter forwards and um, they went through the statistics and had a look. So for an individual who's got a gross annual income of 12500 which is kind of a baseline average for a healthcare assistant, um, they got a £500 bonus which will be taxed £100, your national insurance is £60 and then your cuts to your universal credits is £214.20 on average. So you'll receive £125.80 of your £500 bonus. Mm. And that, that's from Unison um, and they, they went with the um, Wetley Minister State for Care and Unison. Um, they informed the government that no care worker should suffer financial detriment due to their work with COVID-19. And that's the, the scales that they've worked it out as. So especially when we're employed to care. In normal circumstances, I'd say, oh, you've paid tax on that. But this is um, this is a different type of bonus of where people have gone and, and put their lives and their families' lives at risk. And do you know Absolutely. what? A, a five hundred pound bonus 
uh, that's not taxed would be just a kind gesture from the government who, you know, um, you know. That, so so I am I am very much playing devil's advocate when I ask this question. But um, but you know, but like, but you know, but there's they've still made 125 pounds as a bonus. Um, you know, sort of. Or would there be a longer-term loss of universal credit? So in like the longer-term loss, yeah. For that month, they would receive the £125 bonus, but in the longer term, they've lost their universal credits. They may have lost child care, child benefits, child tax credits, working tax credits, and others as well. So we received a comment from an individual um, so said that she was working throughout the pandemic. Um, she is a support worker. Um, oh, no, hold on. Oh, sorry, my apologies. Uh, There's a comment from a, an individual on Facebook. I get carers for my daughter and I work part-time as domiciliary care. With COVID, I was given a bonus and now I've lost my carers and universal credit has been taken away from my benefits too. So for this month, for a £200 bonus, I lost over £600 in benefits and universal credits. Other yeah, and the carers for her daughter at the same time. Other colleagues who work in care and are receiving carers' allowance have also been penalised. So that's for an individual who, who's in, in quite in a, a central location, is receiving care for a daughter, a family member, and is also working in domiciliary care, has lost all of those benefits, not only lost the carers' allowance, lost the carers. She's then have to go and reapply for all of that. And explain, yeah, and then explain where that extra money came from, why it's not going to be consistent, why you're going to be lower again the next month. So you're going to have to go through that routine again to reapply for everything. What, what, why did why did she get a two hundred pound bonus and not a five hundred pound bonus? Because it wasn't. It's what Wales. This was UK. So this is. What, oh, this was. Uh, this wasn't part of the Welsh bonus. This was a separate. This was a separate bonus. No, this is an individual in the oh, okay. UK um, who got two hundred pounds from their company. yeah from their company. Okay, right. Uh, so that okay, that makes sense to me. But yeah, but um, oh, so they so they've received a bonus from their company, and it was this in England or Scotland or somewhere like that, England, was it? Yeah, okay, right, yeah. So it's, it's the same knock-on effect um, for Wales and England as it is for anywhere else. If anybody does receive a large grant, some and is on the universal credits or is receiving any sort of other income, it, it does get affected. And it, it is that long-term effect of then having to sort, resort that out, reorganise your finances and kind of explain where that little bonus came from. Yeah, well, I mean... I mean, an already stressful job to be able to have to do that, it just, it's even more stressful. Yeah, you'd think that they'd have some kind of like, you know, like, a co like okay, well, you know what, the government aren't going to give people in England or Scotland or Ireland a bonus, but you know what, we'll let, we'll let companies give you a £200 or a £500 bonus and not, um, and that won't affect your universal credit, something like that would have been... Yeah, I hope for that person's sake that they've um, sort of managed to get that sort of tied up and back to well, normality. Yeah, well, the HM Treasury did respond. They said uh, that the £500 is subject to tax and national insurance um, and unless you're specifically exempt. Now, I looked online and I tried to find who was specifically exempt. Well, from um, tax? No, yeah. <laughs> no individual person is specifically exempt. You have to be... Uh, a non-for-profit, a charity, uh, you know, a, a business that would be specifically exempt. No individual comes under the class of being exempt from having their tax. I think you'd be the most hated person in Britain if, if you were the one that was exempt. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
Um, so as things stand at uh, currently full-time care workers' income um, and loss, so I said earlier, is uh, the tax of £100 and national insurance of uh, £60. So they, they could be getting £125 of their £500 bonus. Is there any in sort of, Wales. has there been any sort of like, uh, you know, sort of positive conversations where people have been like, you know, sort of where, where, they, where they, they weren't on universal tax credit or like these things weren't affected? Was there any sort of... majority yeah. of healthcare workers are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately not. I, I did have an individual say that their company um, gave them... So an individual from Gwent, to apologise if that's incorrect, and they reported that they'd uh, been provided their forms, they completed them, filled them in, sent them away, all was really positive, and they've heard nothing since then. Their employer hasn't chased it up, they've had no bonus put into their account, they've not been updated with any further information, so yeah. she's kind of left in limbo at the moment, um, not really sure whether they're they getting still, it. Are they still processing payments, or is that sort of... Come to an end, like, as far as I'm aware, they're still processing payments. I'm still seeing a lot of comments through social media saying that they're still waiting for payments that were um, processed, you know, applied for in September, should yeah. have been processed by the end of November, October, and now they're waiting again until the end of November to see if they can get it. Yeah. Um, and an individual told me from Greater Manchester, um, they received a £30 COVID bonus and their employers requested them to buy new uniform with it. <laughs> After it was put into their wages and taxed, and then do you, and then they're telling them how to use them. Yeah, yeah. They they said, please go and buy a new uniform with your thirty pound bonus that we've just taxed. Oh wow! Um, so, <laughs> was there any um, you know, if 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 they decided, well, actually, I'm not going to buy a new uniform with that. Was there sort of a a, a disciplinary or something? Where, you know, was there a problem? You know. It wasn't, I don't know if there'd be any uh, further outcomes from it, because yeah. I think most of them did go and buy their uniform with it. And done um, exactly what they were told yeah, to do. Yeah, because they got the bonus and that's what they were guided to do with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, well, that's, unfath that's unfathomable, you know. It's, uh, it's, uh, that's not provided by the company to take up the uniform. Some, some is, some isn't. So NHS isn't anymore. They're not supplying uh, their uniform. Yeah, you can they, buy your own. Yeah, you can go and buy your own. Oh, well. Wait, it's your bank? Uh, no, because she moved on to a permanent contract, didn't she? Yeah. With uh, from an individual that had gone through the process um, and she was asking us where she could get cheaper scrubs from because she's going to have to buy a majority, like, multiple of them and she wanted to know how to get many at a good price. So that's yeah. another route that we're looking at to try and help people save money where they shouldn't have to be spending it. And I think so. And I take it that will make up part of the website where you're sort of able to, you know, where where uh, oh, yeah. you know where 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 there's there's things like this going on at the moment. You're communicating through sort of this channel and your own social media channels and other channels as well. Um, you know, but you'll be able to have that where you know people will be able to go to your website and be able to check it out on there and sort of see what other people's you know sort of experiences. I think, and that, you know, oh, that's absolutely. yeah. I think I think that's something that we you know if we can all be sharing. Sharing our, sharing our experiences, I think we, um, as as Ali, who sort of works at, you know, sort of is part of the the union, we did a podcast with her. You know, stronger together is what she says, and you know, sort of very, okay. very much, uh, very, very true. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't think that the word uh, carer and bonus is used uh, too often, uh, often enough, should I say, in the same sentence. But you know, but do, do you think that uh, we're we're likely to see it with this lockdown? Yeah, is do you think that we're likely to see a more UK-wide 
um, sort of bonus scheme? Is that something that you've when you I during conversations? I, I don't have positive hopes of seeing um, a broad uh, bonus scheme, especially as the majority um, of care providers are private. So mm. they are saying how much they're going to give to their staff. And that's, and that's why not everybody's received a bonus. Yeah. Because it's obviously up to the employer's discretion as to whether they feel you're entitled to one or not. Yeah. And I know and a lot of, lot of places are putting in you know, 10% discount and they're putting, they say, come come to the front of the queue, you can skip the queue, you can come in and get your 10% on the shopping and things like that. But I also know that a lot of places now aren't accepting that, um, especially um, ASDA. I've heard lots of complaints about ASDA, um, the co-op um, and, and other branches as well, other stores that are now not accepting the blue light badge or um, carers have had to make their own badges um, because yeah. they haven't been provided with one and, and, and still have, have been turned away. You know, they're right at the front of the queue and they've pulled their badge out and they say, oh, no, 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 you're not NHS, you're a carer. Yeah. So there, well, there's that discrimination. I've worked one three months ago and oh. I, I mean, I still haven't even received it. I, I know that was um, something that was very, very uh, prevalent in the uh, in the sort of lockdown, wasn't it? You know, I could, every care group that I followed was sort of, why is there this differentiation between what somebody in the NHS does and somebody in social care? Can, in this circumstance, everyone's working to the same ends, um, you know, with the same level of risk. Um, I think there's many, certainly small businesses and small care homes, uh, which do the best that they can. Um, so do you think that, that it's, uh, it's, it should be on the employees? Or do you think during this circumstance, this is a, a government, you know, like if you want to show recognition... Yeah, I think it should be government. Definitely. Yeah, I think it should be the government. And I think it should, I think it, they should give the money to the companies and they see fit how to give it to the employees. So, um, for example, in vouchers, um, on store cards, um, but, or, or in, in smaller intervals through wages. So it doesn't penalise and discriminate people in such a way that they lose out on, on their um, bonuses and their other tax and, I mean, and we benefits. Was, we were saying, weren't we, if we'd been given a, say, a Tesco's um, card, mm -hmm. I mean, that would have helped out greatly with food, yeah. children, and yeah. children on school, packed lunches, you know, the sort of stuff that people are struggling with now due to obviously not being able to work. Yeah. That would have just supported people so much. Yeah. Um, instead, it's just been used in a way against us. You know, the council, uh, the um, government haven't provided it. It's been left up to companies' discretions. The companies have given it, and now the government have taxed it. Yeah. Whereas if, you know, it was done properly and more thoughtful, we could have actually got some real use out of it, and it would have, it just would have made such a difference. It's just such a shame of how it's been used. Yeah. It's such oh, a shame. I wonder if they could have done, like, a... Um if they didn't want to pay the money out, you know, sort of like it, put it against, uh, like, increase the tax allowance for care workers or something like that. So, but, yeah, by yeah, okay. £500 or £200. Or, yeah, so it, something. Out, so it probably gets complex. Yeah, mm. but, yeah, but, um, but no, that, you know, is that, yeah, no, I just, I just wondered whether you think that there's, uh, you know, and in the conversations that you've had with people, because I, I, I think you have contact with uh, your, your local MP as well, or you certainly have done in the past, is that right? Yeah, we have done in the past, yeah. yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, so, you know, um, I heard a term recently, which I've never heard before, called um, compassion fatigue. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, wow. No, but... I've never heard of it before, and it was, a, it was a term that I really, like, it hit, you know? I was, uh, I was like, 
what does that mean? Like, you know, because like it's, it just sounded like a term which just described everything that you might hear in social care, you know. Um, yeah. But basically, it's a, you know, it's the result of sort of like physical and uh, emotional burnout. So, um, well, so I experienced that during the lockdown. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, I think so, I mean, what they sort of say is that, like, it's, it basically makes you feel, you feel it's difficult for you to feel compassion and empathy for other people. And, like, I think it's, I suppose it's similar to sort of feeling like you're accustomed to other people's pain and unhappiness. You know, you're just, you know, you see, you see you're surrounded by people who are unhappy and you're kind of used to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a probably, I would say, doesn't lend itself to the ideal scenario of providing outstanding care. Um, but, you know, but... Um, but no, absolutely, you do kind of grow numb numb to it after a while and, and it is that difficult. It's because, and I, I think it's because the workload is so overstretched and so much when you're especially working in a care home so and pressure, so yeah. much pressure and, and you've got to do it to such a standard. You know, these new care homes are coming out they're looking like five-star hotels um, and, and they're really not saying what the care is going to be provided so when the individuals do arrive they expect you to drop at the click of a finger you know oh i'm sorry mrs x were they the wrong socks today please let me change them for you i'm I'm so so sorry and by the end of the day you just go oh really i'm not interested anymore so yeah i can i can understand that definitely you just kind of get further and further down into this well why did i do all that because at the end of it what's the result on the serious (laughs) side of it actually the knock-on effect is mistakes start to happen your mental health starts to suffer and then we put on the NHS. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a vicious circle. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. And if you get to that stage, you know, I urge you to, you have to change your job. You cannot be in that environment, working in that environment where you're feeling like that mm-hmm. because there's only, well, the only two people that are going to suffer is not, not only yourself, but the individual that you're providing care for. You can't give your full ability to somebody when you're not getting the support yourself. It's is just, there, yeah, is, there, is there any alternatives to getting another job? I mean, is it, do you, are you aware of sort of support services out there which uh, care workers should contact if they are feeling that way? Us. Yeah, eventually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, currently, yeah, there's Unison and there's, there's yeah. other, um, I mean, there's, there's um, My Sister's House, which we're going to be speaking to shortly, um, which you've got in contact with, yeah. Oh, is, um, that, is that a place and it's not actually your sister's house? Yes. No, it's actually okay. a charity, well, but I think okay. me, I did not know about that. doing the job for so long um, and feeling like I need another a job was the worst thing in the world. So I went into panic. When you've only done one thing for like your whole life yeah. and you're in the middle of a pandemic, how do you find another job just like that? It's impossible. Mm. So you carry on going through it and then the knock-on effect of that is even worse. I mean, fortunate really that I've got Nightingale's Army to work on but, you know, for now, I will take a pay decrease from that. Um, but my mental health is more important, you know, because, like we said, everyone will suffer. Mm. If we were to all stay in a job, especially a care job, we are really feeling like that. It's just the outcome is not great. Yeah. It's really not. And you do just have to choose yourself at the end of the day. You do. Yeah. Well, with a sort of imminent lockdown, do you, you know, how much risk do you think there is to sort of more and more people feeling the sort of this way? Well, I'm one person out of millions and millions. I mean, we don't know how many healthcare systems there are because mm. there's so many that are unaccounted for. Mm. But if I if I felt like that and I'm one out of just say two sitting here, you can only imagine how many are feeling like that. You well, can only imagine. 
It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not just the paid carers, it's the unpaid carers as well, isn't it? Exactly. Oh, 100%. Anybody that does, I mean, it's even the ones that's actually caring for family members mm. or even your next door neighbour that has nobody that you feel like, you know, they rely on you to deliver meals or just do a bit of shopping for them, with everything else going on, you know, the strain is just, I mean, it's. And now it's I feel, huge. For, feel sorry for the individuals in the care homes because, again, they, they've just got. A bit of normality back. The hairdressers just started popping in, and we've yeah. got kind of regular visits going on, and, and everything seems to be a little bit more comfortable and, and laid back. And now it's all just going to get pulled back well, in again, and, and, and we're going to lose all of that mental, you know, stability. And but we do feel that there is a positive outcome to the end of all of this in the near future. And you know, it's just something we've got to go through for now. Yeah, it's not all going to be doom and gloom. What do you think the positive outcome will be? Nightingale's army <laughs> to actively raise the standard. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, if if I mean just to add on to that though, you know, it's um, th through this hardship and uh, you know through this hardship was you know it's uh, it's given care a platform, it's given health, social care a platform, you know, uh, and and the NHS. I mean, it's, it's reminded people of the value of it, the NHS because I think it had been forgotten, but also it, you know it's there's an understanding of well, social care needs to be. You know, um, it really it should be considered on the same level. But do you know what? Just to make it part of the conversation would be a start. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It seems like we've gone up ups and downs, had a lot of roller coasters. I mean, we, we started with the clap, and that was you know clap for the NHS, and then a couple of people went, well, what about the care workers? And then it was yeah. oh clap for the NHS and the care workers, oh clap yeah. for the NHS and the care workers and the key workers. Yeah, and it was like oh come on, let's let's drag them in as well. They're all right, you know. Let's yeah. join them in with the NHS. It was a bit like oh okay, yeah, we're here. Yeah. And um and then the clap finished, and then everyone got their bonus, and the public's gone oh great, well they've got their bonus, they're all right now, you know. Let, let them be and now good they're focusing on teachers brilliant you know teachers are looking after the children now that's the next stage but they've forgotten about us now yeah. already it's almost like well you clapped you've had your bonus you're good well yeah. no actually the bonus isn't reciprocated in the way that it should be because the, the knock-on effects you know yeah you, you clapped for us but it felt a bit kind of half-hearted um where have you all gone <laughs> it's almost yeah. like it, it, yeah it was a big kind of thing it exploded and now it's all gone a little bit uh, quiet again and we don't want people to forget about what is being done behind the scenes and what's still continuing to be done and, and how the NHS and the care homes are all supporting each other and all trying to keep everything um you know so that we can carry on so that the families can still continue to see their relatives and, and I think what's quite worrying as well and concerning is the amount of incidents that have been reported against the violent incidents against healthcare workers since the COVID's been going on, you know, especially with carers in the community, they have to wear their uniform outside. There is nothing they can do about that. Yeah. But, I mean, the international community of Red Cross reported 600 violent incidents against healthcare workers. I mean, since during the, within six months of the COVID-19. I mean, that's just that's just reported cases. Mm. I experienced what, myself, what, which I didn't report. But, I mean, this is just, it's not acceptable at mm. all. And that's where lack of understanding comes in and educating people on the different sorts of care. I think certain people think, you know, you're a care worker, you work in a home setting, hospital setting, don't wear your uniform outside. But actually, if you're in the community, you're community-based. Is that number based on people wearing that, you know, sort of, is that from people wearing their uniforms or people have challenged them because they're wearing their uniforms? I, I got challenged wearing my uniform. Um, in a local shop near where I live, and I was actually getting shopping for a resident, 
yeah. um, at the time. And the incident was actually quite terrifying. He was a big man and he accused me of spreading the virus, shouted at me in the shop. I mean, oh, it was just horrific. And luckily, my company were really supportive about it and done a statement out to all of us and said, if we need to take our uniforms off during these times, then we can. But others haven't been so lucky. And some of these actually, not just verbal threats, they're actually attacks that healthcare systems have. Yeah, from from the Red Cross itself. From the Red Cross. Yeah, they've actually had attacks on healthcare workers. I mean, more than 20% involved physical assaults. 15% were fear-based discrimination. 15% 15% were verbal assaults or threats. And this oh. only reflects the, and worryingly, this only reflects the known incidents. Oh, I think that's, that's, the big, that's the big point to make, I think, is, is to make sure that you are reporting it because nothing's ever, you know, um, there's support out there if you are in that position, first of all, and you, people will only well, know if you report it. And also, most, which yeah. is just, you know but resources will be used against that kind of crime if if it's reported you know like if it's if there's enough reports so you know you'd you you need to sort of help the system by reporting it you know so but it's um but yeah no it's um yeah yeah unbelievable um so sorry there was a point that you sort of made um sort of um, before that as well which uh which which i wanted to sort of um jump on but uh, but uh, it's gone it's, it's left me uh, so you've surprised me with your numbers there felicity uh, but yeah but um bombarding you with them <laughs> huh? no it's, it's fine um but you know uh, I, I know a sort of another thing that you're um very passionate about it which is very to be honest very in line with um with what we're talking about is sort of the the, pu- the public's uh, image um you know sort of what you know how so how, how are we going to sort of change how are we going to change that education yeah to, to make care to make caring uh, a career to make it so that people have to be trained before they come into the job role so there is set entry requirements so they don't think that we're incompetent mcdonald's workers um from yeah. one of the comments on facebook that, that the individual who stated that even we though, didn't know what we were doing even though jobs. mcdonald's plays a great job role during the coronavirus because my children have been very much happy that McDonald's has been open. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, McDonald's. (laughs) But that's Um, that's the kind of comments we're getting from from people online. You know, you're just bum wipers. You know, you have no The thing is, I think until somebody has a personal experience with somebody they know, love, care about, or even one themselves, where they've been in this situation where they need to receive care, you're not actually going to get it. And I think educating them on on this knowledge and showing them actually what actually happens if we're not trained. Yeah. Showing them the actual effects of this is where we're going to get people to think, yeah. oh, okay. But yeah, if we put that in place, we can reduce these accidents, these incidents. And I think this is where our website is, it just plays such a huge part in that. I mean, yeah. we can't make everybody look at it, but we can certainly try. Yeah. yeah. If you do, we use it with conversation starts. Or exactly. did you know? And, and then yeah. they'll spread the word and it, hopefully just grow and well, you know, a bit more compassion really from what you've told me about the website there's there's going to be so much content on there that i think people will struggle to miss it so it's uh you know <laughs> um, but you know but you know i think you know but before you before you're done we'll, we'll all be linking uh, to your website what you just sort of said there about the skilled you know the un you know being considered unskilled uh, i think that's something that sort of uh um grates on me a little bit as well but it's that uh, but it's it's there's a 
surgeons, they've got a skill, uh, you know, in terms of what they have to do. Very different, you know. Um, but I think it's just understanding the definition of what skilled and unskilled is. Like, you know, there's a there's a skill within care work that people don't appreciate, you know, sort of that, that you know, um, sales, sales is no more of a skill. Being a salesperson is no more of a skill than being a care worker, you know. But sales people seem to think that they're skilled, you know. It's just yeah. recognising yes. that every, every area has a set of skills, yeah. you know. McDonald's has a set of skills. I personally couldn't work in there, but that doesn't mean they're not skilled to do what they are paid to do. No. You know, carers, exactly the same. You know, salespeople, you know, every job requires a set of skills and it's making sure those skills are recognised, promoted and used correctly. In, if I worked at McDonald's, I wouldn't make a, I wouldn't make three Big Macs look the same. I know that much. And also, yeah. and also, and you know, one would be raw, one would be okay, and one's going to be burnt. Yeah. That's the yeah. way it's going to be. Um, have you know. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, yeah, I'll start, I'll start making up as I go along. But you know, but also, you know, sales there's a skill in terms of like influencing people. But in in care, we utilize so many different sales where we we have to immediately build rapport with somebody and trust with somebody so that exactly. they allow us to perform care with them and put them at ease instantly that's that's not an easy thing to do and uh, yeah. you know there's and there's so much more to it than that but you and know, that's but, generally what we get as well is you know oh i couldn't do that yeah i couldn't do that job oh oh you're a healthcare worker oh i couldn't do that. yeah yeah so you're you're basically putting a down on it and nail the face of that care. that's the you can't do it. <laughs> so you know well someone's got to do it so yeah that bad i mean surely exactly. <laughs> we're in it <laughs> You know, but it, I, yeah, I, th I think you know it's um, just trying to set out the definitions of of skilled. I mean, I think we, we may even have spoken about this before, but you know, in terms of uh, qualifications in care, I think it's something that we something that we need to set. You know, sort of that it needs to be entry level because the recruitment uh, within care is challenging enough for services without yeah. adding another layer. You know, mm -hmm. but do you know what? Have an have an entry level, but there there, there should be a, a period of maybe a two year qualification or something like that, where you then you know at the end of two years you you go for this assessment or whatever it might be, and then you're qualified and you go on to the next level of pay. There should be a pay. Absolutely, yeah. It, it should branch out. It, there should be like a main column you could go up, and then there is such a vast area of places you can go to as a healthcare assistant, work your way up. To a senior, you can it's work giving everyone through. the opportunity. Basically, yeah. not everybody learns the same. It doesn't mean that we couldn't be capable of doing it. It just means that it's not set out enough for certain people to be able to achieve it. And I think you know, once we've done our website, our second leg of our, our plan is you know that's what we'll really be looking at. You know, yeah. the training side of it. You know, the pay moving up. And you know, I mean, I'm really looking forward to working on that yeah, part. Really, yeah. and I think it'll be the biggest part yet. I mean. Even breaking down the website, we were like, we were looking at it the other day, and we were like, we knew it was going to be big, but we didn't realise how big until we yeah. started putting it all in, and then how it started growing. And I think it's going to be exactly the same. Yeah. Training. Mm. Um. But yeah, exciting. Yeah. At the same but time. With with the, so you've got the training sides to you um, coming up, but that will be so. So you've got the so you've got the website there. So the training is that the uh, is that your business side in terms of like you know sort of the how you know sort of how you operate? Yeah, yeah. So the, the training will be um, yeah mainly the business sides um, of our community interest company. 
Um, and then you'll, you'll yeah. all of them play, all of all three of our legs play. play a part of that anyway, yeah. really. And um, it will have the um, baseline training that will introduce you into a healthcare assistant role, and then we'll guide you up through further qualifications, education, training, hands-on yeah. training, support, um, and yeah, guidance and support to um, choose your correct career path. And, and, really and making sure that everybody is getting the same training throughout. Yeah. We can't change the, what's already done. We can't undo the training. We can't do anything, unfortunately, for the millions and millions of healthcare assistants that are already in the system. All we can do is change the future and start filtering in a new, you know, a new improved training program for them do you, to support do you, them and retain them. Do you think there, there's um, sort of like a, a light version of what you're doing that you could do for care workers that are in the system now? Yes. So, yeah, we, we can look at basically looking at what a healthcare assistant has already done. If they've already got their care certificate, qualifications in place, maybe a little refresher, a recap, quick pop quiz. Um, what do you know? And then, and then, yeah, you're you're registered. You're you're on a register with us. You've got yeah. you've already got your training and understanding in place because because knowledge does build over time as well. Yeah. You know, there's little tricks and things that we learn um, when we're maybe assisting a meal or or the way you approach someone and talk to somebody. And yeah. those things you do learn more when you're in the setting. But clinical side of things, paperwork side of things, you know, everything that's legal that needs to be learned outside will be taught. Everything given. needs to be looked at, basically. Everything, mm -hmm. every area yeah. needs to be looked at. And if it takes time, it takes time. Yeah. But yeah. it's going to be looked at. Yeah. And it's going to be worked out as to whether the best, what way is best to even approach that. Um, and yeah, hopefully, you know, yeah, hopefully we'll yeah. achieve it. We'll actively Yeah. And it will, exactly. you know, we've got plenty of it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see sort of uh, this time next year, you know, it'll be uh, completely different again. Who knows what the world will look like then? But, um, but you know, yeah. all I know is that there's going to be at least... The need for healthcare assistance, regardless of what next year looks like, is still going to be there, yeah. which is why this is something that's ever-growing and something that really needs to happen mm. because it's we're not going anywhere. People getting old is going to change, yeah. um, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Um, so, yeah, we'll just keep pushing ahead and hopefully the outcome will be positive. I hate to break it to you, Felicity, but we are all getting older. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm to avoid it. I mean, I did say this would probably be the death of me, but <laughs> <laughs> at least I would have died trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, before we go then, so what are your top three ambitions for sort of uh, Nightingale's Army? Sort of how, how are you going to make the world a better place? By actively raising the standard of care. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that leaves the door open for so many things, you know, but it just narrows it down. Yeah. It's about raising the standards yeah. of care. So it's, it's awareness, training, and yeah, retaining, retaining. recruiting. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> this time next year, you will have taken over social care. Every everyone will, will all be coming to you. What a nice uh, thought. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate yeah. it. You know, uh, so this is a, a part of a three-part series, uh, I believe. So yeah, so I look forward to speaking to you next time. Yeah, fantastic. And to we, as to yeah. we, thank you all so much.